I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With an additional €23,000 being achieved per 100 cows in 50% of Irish dairy herds that milk record, it begs the question why the service isn't being rolled out by all farmers. Vet Doreen Cardin explains the benefits being achieved at farm level. I suppose the best way um, to look at it, Emma, is if we look in the current milk recorded herds, what are they doing performance-wise over the herds that's not milk recorded? And um, there is 50 kilos per cow produced in milk recorded herds more than in not milk recorded herds. And if you look at the milk price between fat and protein at about 470 kilo, this is what 23,000 euros extra to 100 cow herd. And where's this 50 kilos coming from, Doreen? Where that 50 kilos is coming from, it's basically coming from a number of areas. Uh, firstly, the overall performance of the herd, uh, in the sense that they're all profitable cows. The second thing is there are better breeding decisions being made, so there are better replacements coming in. Somatic cell count is being controlled, so it's not um, impacting on the production of the herd. And also the dry-off period is, and the culling decisions are being managed quite correctly. And I suppose if we consider leading up to 2015 and for the subsequent years afterwards, we were building, building numbers and we really would have only, I suppose, culled cows that were empty. Um, you know, I, I guess the, the milk recording is giving us a, a bigger opportunity to identify those cows with the problems that are probably, I suppose, you'd call the marginal cows or non-profit cows on the farm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because what milk recording really does for you is really identifies these non-profitable cows. And the key with these cows is most herd owners are limited by their stocking rate, their land base, the amount of grass they can grow. And also, and during the housing period, they're limited by cubicle space and barrier space. So it's essentially like a game of football. You can play 15 if you can milk 100 cows, you need to be milking the most profitable cows you possibly can. And the key here is identify those most profitable cows. And looking at milk recording results, there's about 9% of cows in the herds that are actually not achieving €1,100 Euro worth of kilos of milk solid salt. And €1,100, Euro, I mean, is a reasonable enough value for maintaining a cow across a year. So if we have 9% of the herd not maintaining themselves... And if we remove those cows from the herd, what we see quite clearly is the other cows milk much better because they're more grass, they have a cubicle space per cow, they have more barrier space and the herd owner has less labour, um, less work to do and overall he's more profitable. Just to re-emphasise what you said, in a 100 cow herd, that 50 kilograms of additional milk solids will lead to €23,000 more profit. And I suppose that leads me to my next question. Like, are all herds milk recording in the country? Unfortunately, they're not. Because um, down in the Munster area, which is the area I work in most, uh, what we see is we're talking about 50% of herds and about 60% of cows. I mean, which is quite low. And then when you see what they're leaving after them, um, we really need to actually improve that level of milk recording. And I guess then if, if we move on, as you say, it's, it's very low. And if we consider the, the individual benefits, we've mentioned the additional milk solids, but you mentioned breeding. And, and how can milk recording improve genetic merit in herds? Firstly is the herd owners that are achieving 
Do you know what I mean? Um, the at least 500 kilos of milk solids per cow. Uh, they have a couple of uh, things in common with each other. The first thing is, is they have the genetic merit in the cows. The second thing is they have a relatively mature herd. So for a mature herd, we like to keep cows, do you know I mean, around five, five and a half lactations. You know what I mean? Um, to keep them for that long in the herd. Because we all know that a second and a third lactation will throw out 22% more milk than a first lactation, and a second lactation, 7% more milk than a first lactation. So to keep the mature herd, we have to keep cows in the herd. So to keep cows in the herd, it's all about good fertility, good six-week calf rate, reduced EMT rate, and actually control the cell count. So we're not getting rid of cows out of that. And the other huge thing to get these extra kilos of milk solids is days in milk, right? which is really maximising our six-week calving rate, and how we do that is basically genetics and the management of the breeding season. Now, how does milk recording improve the genetic merit of the herd? The first thing is we all, we, we all have the same pool of sires to draw from. So the 50% of the herds that's not milk recording and the 50% of the herds that are milk recording have the same pool of sires you know I mean? they can actually draw from. But the herds that's milk recording can also do a high level of dam selection. So they can really select the dams that are the future, do you know what I mean, of the next replacements. Because it's one thing having an old doll in the herd not paying for herself, which is another thing keeping three or four daughters, do you know what I mean, of that old doll in the herd, do you know what I mean, that equally won't pay for themselves. Also herds that have milk recording, their genetic evaluations are more accurate because they actually are milk recording. So they're identifying their best cows. Their genetic merit is more accurate and they're actually breeding then from the very best of their actual females. So they end up then with a herd overall much higher genetic merit. And then if we move on to, um, I suppose, milk quality, and I suppose the obvious one is the somatic cell counter, the SCC. Um, and that's one of the first things people will look for when they, um, when they look at their milk recording results. How can farmers, I guess, reduce somatic cell count as a result of milk recording? Well, firstly, herd donors cannot, I mean, reduce somatic cell count unless they are milk recording. That's the first thing. The second thing is the main areas to tackle somatic cell count is we're now the month of February, so it's somatic cell count control during lactation. Then at the end of the year, it's control and management over the dry period. Now, so if we take the first one, I mean, um, when we are in the middle of February at the moment, how do we control the cell count during lactation? What we are basically looking at is definitely doing a milk recording within the first 60 days of calving. So for the herd owners that start calving there the 20th of January, they need to do their first milk recording the 15th of March and do another one within 60 days again, which is the 15th of May. Now, if they do both those recordings, what we will actually identify is cows that did not cure over the dry period. right? And at the moment, looking at uh, the data that's out there, we are talking about a median cure rate of about 73%. Right? Some of those cows may not have cured in the previous dry period. We also have cows that have picked up new infections in the sheds, you know what I mean, since the dry period. There's about 6% of new infections being picked up. And then we also have first lactations who've calved down with new infections. So by doing the first milk recording early, we can look at those cows, look at their previous data uh, prior to drying off, their data for the last lactation. The question is, are they treatable or are they cows for cold? And the issue with these cows, if we don't deal with them early, they'll end up spreading the somatic cell count 
to the first, second, third clean cows for the rest of the lactation. You talk about cure rate, and this is something we would have discussed in the autumn with Don Crowley, you know, leading up to dry off and best practice for dry off. You're saying we should record within 60 days of calving. Can you explain why that's so important? So if, uh, if a herd owner did his last recording either late October or November, um, he knows what was the cell count for the cows prior to drying off. He also knows what they did in the previous lactation. Now, if he does an early milk recording, within 60 days of calving, the earlier he does it, the better, he will know quite clearly how those cows um, uh, how, uh, how those cows over the dry period, how their cell count, did it increase, did it decrease, or did it stay level? So if you take an example of a cow that was 100 in the last October, she calved down at 600. She clearly got a new infection over the winter. If a cow then was 500, I mean last October, she's calving down and she's done uh, two tests, I mean less than 150, she got cured. So the early we do it after calving, we know that it was the effect of the dry period. She either got cured over the dry period, she didn't get cured, or she picked up a new infection. If we wait longer, we do not know then whether it was over the dry period she picked up the infection or whether she picked it up in the first couple of weeks after calving. And I suppose we really would encourage people, therefore, to get out early. Like, you know, if you look at some people's, um, I suppose, cell check report and they'll have a cure rate for 10% of the herd. They're really, they're sampling too late. And I suppose the excuse that people would use, we'll wait until the whole herd is calved, is probably, I suppose, not good enough now at this stage to, to um, you know, maintain a high, or a low somatic cell on farms, I suppose, throughout the year. Yes, and there are two issues there. Because if we wait too late, we will not be able to have a correct assessment of the dry period and we will be mixing it up with the first month or two of lactation. But secondly, and it's the more important point now, we will not get the opportunity of treating these cows early. Because when we talk about staph mastitis and say it's incurable, it's incurable once it becomes chronic in the herd and the cow is infected for a long period of time. Well, if we can identify that cow early, I mean, in the infection, our chances of getting a cure rate are extremely high. So what we need to do is to treat those cows early. The ones that have a l- less likelihood of being able to be treated, we either need to dry off a quarter of them or remove them from the herd to avoid the actual spread. Or if a guy wants to milk them, mark them and put in in parlour controls to avoid the spread. I mean, like um, cluster flushing or cluster dipping or milking the cows last. And I suppose this is probably a good point to ask, something that I, I, I haven't asked yet. But, you know, you're, you're recommending that within 60 days of calving, you do a recording and then you do another one within 60 days. What is the optimum number of milk recordings somebody would do in the year? It's a difficult one to call at this time of the year. But essentially um, what we would be seeing is a minimum of four. Right? So essentially we do one there, the calf the 20th of January, the 15th of March do another one the 15th of May. We need to do another one before drying off and another one then in between. Right? So the key ones are the 15th of March, the 15th of April and just before dry off. Then monitor the bull tank throughout the season and the performance in the bull tank throughout the season. So if our cell count starts climbing in the bull tank, go in and do an extra recording. I mean, so we are quite flexible as a company that if you've signed up for four milk recordings, any milk recording company, you can increase to five, you can increase to six, very easily, depending on it. Equally then, 
if your cows are dropping off in production quicker than what you want them to do, so I mean, go and do a milk recording, see where's the issue. Is it the first calvers? Is it the mature cows? So I'd say um, I'd start with four as a minimum, and then, so I mean, it depends on how it goes. But if, you're, if you had an issue last year with cell count or with production, so I mean, I'd recommend six. And see, I guess, you know, we're, we're looking at 50% of us, uh, uh, 50% of dairy farmers are currently milk recording. For the 50% who aren't, you know, this seems like an open goal in terms of there's so much, I suppose, uh, profit to be achieved, additional profit to be achieved from milk recording. Where a farmer isn't milk recording, where do they start? It's very simple. So, I mean, it has never been simpler because if a herd owner has his own jars um, or has uh, some of those true test of white cattle meters, all that he basically needs to do is to ring up and an operator will go out, I mean, visit him morning and evening four times a year and do the milk recording. Equally, if he has no jars and no meters, he doesn't have to buy any. The milk recording companies will drop off meters um, for him, either in the morning or the evening, and they will um, put in a person in the parlour to actually record. So it's a case of just contacting the milk recording company and signing up for the milk recording. But the important thing is no capital requirement is necessary. The next step would be cost. Like what is the cost to say do four or six recordings per cow in the year? So if you take, we'll say, a hundred cow herd, so I mean four visits a year, so I mean it's eleven fifty. Right, so in a hundred cow herd, so I mean eleven hundred and fifty euro, and we spoke of a benefit of twenty three thousand. Then, if you want to go up to five tests, it's a euro extra, or if you want to jump to seven tests, it's just uh, another euro extra. So, if you wanted seven tests for a hundred cow herd, so I mean that's thirteen hundred and fifty. And the other thing is, is that as we heading into two thousand and nineteen, a lot of the cooperatives now, the dairy cooperatives, are clearly looking at. Uh, milk recording being a key to their sustainability going forward for the carbon, I mean, to um, reduce down the amount of unprofitable and inefficient cows in the herd, for AMR to be able to identify the cows, to do the culture and sensitivity on and to reduce cell count for welfare and also for herd owners' sustainability, I mean, themselves from the point of view of profitability, labour saving. And being able to take a break and go away and knowing that somebody else can come in milk the cows, I mean, quite easily. And um, some of the cooperatives are um, paying up to 50% of the cost of milk recording and more of them are uh, giving a contribution towards the cost of it. And then just my final question then on, say, the milk recording. When you milk record, there is a huge amount of data generated and I know some people get the results in the post and it's also available on your Herd Plus account. Like what are the go-to reports say in your mind once the results are generated? Okay once the results are generated is herd owners can come to the milk recording companies for advice, they can go to their taggish advisors, they can go to their vets. There's a whole pile of people out there so I mean readily available to actually help people with the actual reports. Now, and the reports are basically split into production reports and also into somatic cell count reports. So for the production reports is it'll split the cows into the most profitable, your medium profitable and your non-profitable cows. Also, uh, we have they feed into the cow report. I mean, that's uh, generated by ICBF, uh, which will really help you during the breeding season and also from the point of view of the culling season. And then for the cell count, 
Do I mean the cell check reports? Do I mean that we're doing out with DHI are absolutely super for monitoring recent and new infections across the dry period, and also the new reports that the milk recording companies have done out, where they clearly have shown the persistently infected cows and the recently infected cows. So the key ones there to watch are the recently infected to try and get a cure in them, and watch the persistently infected to try and stop the spread from those. And I guess finally, I'm I'm still hanging on to this big figure after giving us of the €23,000. What are your top tips for dairy farmers in order to chase that, um, chase that additional money? Okay, first top tip is an early milk recording. Get in the 15th of March with an early milk recording and as well as doing the milk recording, act on the results. And in the month of March, uh, what we mean by acting on the results is looking at those cows that are persistently infected and either putting it... Um, drawing off a quarter in them, removing them from the herd or putting in a lot of in-parallel controls. Treating the cows that are recently infected. Then, with the before the second milk recording, making very good breeding decisions. Planning the breeding season with the breeding advisors. How many replacements do you need to breed? How many straws do you need? How many replacements do I mean have you? And then deciding what cows are going to be the most profitable for me to breed my next generation of replacements and using beef on the less profitable cows. And the third tip then is the back end of the year to do a quite a good job on the dry off period. Do I mean, um, when do I dry the cows? Did I get a good cure rate last year? If I didn't, why? Was my dry period not long enough? Did I not use the correct acting tube because I didn't do sensitivity in culture? So top tips, early milk recording, acting the results. Plan the breeding season with the results so we're producing the best replacements from the best cows and then at the back end of the year to plan the dry off and the culling. So those three times of the year um, will really help towards getting to the goal of the 23,000. That's great. Thank you, Doreen. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Doreen Cardin for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify, and for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>